Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Skylar Jeremias, Associate Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. As more and more biosimilars enter different markets around the globe, payers and practices will need to consistently evaluate the economics of covering biosimilars and take a stance on whether to support their adoption. Both payers and practices can play a big role in encouraging biosimilar adoption, and healthcare institutions that have already begun pushing for more biosimilar use, such as Emory Healthcare, have seen substantial savings. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with Dr. Brian Holmeschild, the Director of Pharmacy Services at Emory Healthcare and the Winship Cancer Institute. Holmeschild is also an advisory board member for the American Journal of Managed Care and its sister site, the Center for Biosimilars. The interview took place at the Institute of Value-Based Medicine, hosted by Emory Healthcare on July 18th in Atlanta, Georgia. Holmes Child was chair of the event and gave a presentation on the current pharmacoeconomics of biosimilars and his predictions for how the market will develop in the future. This episode discussed how the pharmacoeconomics of biosimilars have evolved and different strategies that healthcare institutions can implement to reap the benefits of biosimilar savings. We also talked about how stakeholders can collaborate to promote biosimilars and how technology can be used to assist this mission. How has the economic value of oncology biosimilars changed over time, and how do the economic benefits differ between stakeholders? I think the economic values continue to grow. You know, we've seen from our European colleagues, they've been able to uptake these medications sooner and really reduce cost. And I think that's what a lot of us are interested in. How do we preserve efficacy and reduce cost? So I think the economic benefit's gonna continue to grow. But it is different, depending on the different stakeholder. So from our payer colleagues, uh, they are looking at rebating and getting the total cost of care down on their end by larger rebates and preferencing therapy. We're in the hospital side, we're also looking at uptake of biosimilars to reduce the cost of care and still provide efficacious options. I think it's going to be interesting though in the future as more agents come forward and the rebating continues and how does that degrade the average sales price for the health systems where it still provides economic value and it'll be more interesting of how it impacts reimbursement moving forward. What sort of utilization trends have you observed and what are your predictions for how the oncology biosimilar space will evolve going forward? Utilization is continuing to grow. I think that's something that we're excited about. And as we meet, see more therapies come into the market, I think people are starting to recognize that having an adoption strategy is important. I think with that adoption strategy, people are becoming smarter in the way that they're building out their electronic medical records, deciding to de- designate policies in order to provide a better uptake and faster uptake. And I think at the same time, as payer colleagues start to preference biosimilars, we see it to grow. So in that being said, I know we have a lot of market approvals coming up in the next two years. I personally am really excited. And I think this will in turn create larger larger utilization and cost savings across the country and actually reduce the amount of spend in the U.S. directly related to biosimilars. What kind of strategies can healthcare institutions like Emory implement to improve biosimilar adoption rates? There's so many strategies and it really depends on what's going on with your individual institution. I think a few of them are doing a baseline survey. You need to recognize where are your barriers because there's so many, but every institution is different. And so do we recognize, is it related to the electronic medical record? Is it related to provider understanding and uptake? What about your finance team? Do they recognize that lower expense might recognize lower revenue, but that might not necessarily be a bad thing all the time. I think when you can work through those barriers and designate key stakeholders to make more expedited decisions, 
that allows for faster uptake. Also, if you can get a PNT policy approved where pharmacy might have the ability to interchange biosimilars based on payer or individual hospital preferences, it allows for more timely adjudication and delivery of care to the patient and doing it at a reduced cost. So I think if you can work through those barriers, focus on the electronic medical record, your key stakeholders clinically and financially, and create some of these tools, that's gonna create better uptake, faster uptake, and you're gonna be more efficient with your care model. What policy initiatives can be adopted to ensure that concerns regarding interchangeability are mitigated and that patients are confident in the efficacy of all biosimilars? So I think there's policies both nationally, but I think locally in our own health systems where we can drive forward the most change. And I think we need to learn from our European colleagues. How do we leverage real world evidence so people can understand the benefits of it? I think when we look at policies too, we recognize that interchangeability by the FDA, not everyone's going for it. And we recognize that it takes extra money to get an FDA approval with interchangeability. So how do we leverage some of our pharmacy and therapeutics policies to determine that if biosimilars are approved, we consider them equally efficacious and that allows us to go ahead and interchange products upon dispensation with approval of the medical executive board. I think that really creates change much faster. We don't have to wait on certain therapies being interchangeable or not interchangeable. And at the end of the day, allows us to drive consistent care. And lastly, how do we leverage data from curative intent patient populations to non-curative intent patient populations and across different disease states, both oncology and non-oncology? How can technology be used to allow for better biosimilar adoption and adequate oversight, especially in practices that have to carry multiple biosimilars for the same originator? Yeah, so technology is always going to be something that's going to help drive the stewardship of biosimilar utilization and biosimilar use as a whole. And I think as we see more agents getting approved, it's very exciting. But once you have your seventh, your eighth biosimilar for a specific indication, how do you control which one you need to order? What are your, going to be your levels? What centers are you going to carry them out? And so as we design electronic medical record order sets and pathways, we start to specify preferred products. We meet with our payer colleagues to make sure that aligns with their payer approved processes. But at the same time, we start to prefer individual agents. This allows us to streamline the inventory we have on hand help drive the prescriber to the most appropriate biosimilar use, and lastly, preserve our day's cash on hand through the use of cash and cash equivalents within our inventory. How can different stakeholders work together to ensure improved biosimilar utilization across disease states? I think that's one of the things that we want to continue to expand upon. How do we get good biosimilar use in oncology, but then good biosimilar use in the immunology disease states, such as rheumatology and gastroenterology? And believe it or not, there's different uptakes between the different disease states. And so if we have, we're using biosimilars and we're extrapolating data to treat patients in the curative intent, how can we not extrapolate data from gastroenterology to rheumatology and then start to look at interchangeability? There's going to be a never-ending appetite for data, and that's okay because we're data-driven. But how can we leverage the experiences we've had and the similar outcomes between reference projects and biologics and move that into the biosimilar space so that we can make more timely approvals, not just wait for every single study and every single patient, and also look at switching, immunogenicity, and feel comfortable moving forward with biosimilars across the board. Thank you for listening to this episode of Managed Carecast. To see the show notes, visit AJMC.com. And if you like the show, you can like and share this episode. You can also find the American Journal of Managed Care on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal.